Hello and welcome to the Coffee and Comics Club. I am Todd A. I'm Taylor Trask. Hello, Taylor. Good uh, evening, Todd. Good evening. I am very excited to learn uh, what these coffee gadgets are that you have been teasing uh, me through text with uh, for the past few days. Yes. So uh, <laughs> for our listeners who may not know, in each episode we talk about the coffee we're drinking as well as the comics or graphic novels that are tickling our fancy at any particular week. And um, th- we've been a little bit sort of lacking in the coffee part of that equation for the last couple episodes so in an effort to rectify that i using some birthday funds went out and grabbed some toys and these are things that i have wanted for a while so this isn't like i just was like you know spur of the moment you know random purchases this is these are this is fulfilling amazon checklist items and i and and these are two things i'll preface by saying um i've been a french press fan but i've been an aeropress fan for a long time now I've, you know, we've talked about the differing ways I can do an AeroPress. I've gotten pretty savvy at it, but I've missed two crucial components. One is a gooseneck, uh, they call it a gooseneck pour-over coffee kettle, but it's just a gooseneck water kettle, essentially. It's the one that you see in a lot of professional, like, niche coffee shops where it's the the neck begins at the bottom of the uh, the pitcher, not at the top, which a lot of classic um, stovetop you know, steam pitchers or whatever you know, kettles have. It starts in the bottom and they usually have a thermometer in the top, which mine does. So not only can you get pure, perfectly accurate water temperature every time, um, but you also are always guaranteed where that temperature is being drawn from is where the water is first emanating out of, not the top where it's going to be cooler. So you get perfectly calibrated temperature in your water. And it also has that really thin nozzle at the top so you can really be precise with how you're pouring over grinds or tea leaves or whatever so i got the bean envy gooseneck pour over coffee kettle from bean envy uh 40 ouncer um came uh, came in the same order i've been wanting a um a hand grinder specifically a, a uh, conical burr mill hand grinder for a little while um it is go Google Burr Mill Grinder and you'll get all the, the wonderful facts about it. It's a wonderful way to ensure really good grinding and you can you can control the settings usually like from coarse to fine to very fine. If you go to very fine, it's it's almost like a like a powder. It's it's crazy. So you can get really specific with it. And it's also um I'm all about the the aesthetic of the you know of the work that goes into to making coffee. So not only are you hand grinding it, but like, you know, you're getting your beans, you're putting it in your AeroPress. Like you're it's the whole process is very methodical. So this is like kind of the final component of that physical act of, of making the coffee, that sort of ceremonial aspect of it. Yeah. And it also get, makes it the, um, my electric grinder was always, I never would get the full amount of grinds out of the grinder. Um, so, it was, you know, cause it would, you know, residue behind and things this way I'm getting, you know, consistent grinds that are ex- are all utilized with no leftover every single time. So it's always a fresh cup. I don't have like leftover. I have to like store for two days. Um, anyway, it's 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 wonderful. And I had a sample cup earlier this afternoon upon uh, these things arriving, and it was probably the best cup of coffee I've ever made. I will be very excited to continue on and and experimenting. And now that I have kind of all my pieces assembled, so I think uh, I'll be talking about coffee way more often. You 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 wake up in the morning. You get some whole beans. You put them in your hand grinder. You, yes. you fire up the kettle. Forty forty five minutes later, you're enjoying your first cup. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I would say I would say fifteen minutes max. Right. Um. 
You know, there is. It's funny you say that though, because there. Oh God, several years ago, maybe three or four years ago, um, I remember seeing on Kickstarter somebody was trying to to fund a grinder that was also a also a roaster. So you would grow Ooh. roaster bean. You put like your whole beans in, roast them, and then grind them so that you have the absolute freshest flavor, no matter what. And I I know they met their funding goal. I don't know if it ever released. Oh, There's boy. a crazy coffee shop in uh, Portland that has every cool gadget you can think of i'm assuming they would have it if it existed so well i uh i got no no good coffee reports i'll tell you though i i may i may have sort of hit my my limit on just uh uh blindly consuming starbucks though there i'm Mm -hmm. I'm just i love my my charred roasted beans from starbucks but um yeah i may have just I may just sort of have to tap out there. So I've been investigating some cold brew options and, uh, you know, trying to figure that that whole thing out because that may be an easier uh, uh, an easier thing for me to make in the house. Mm-hmm. Uh, but right now I'm drinking a Simple Truth <laughs> seltzer water, which is a <laughs> slash Ralph's grocery store thing, which I usually don't buy because, uh, you know, speaking of that artisanal water, I got one of those um, fizzy maker things. What's it called? The um, Soda stream. That's what I got. Mm. Um, but I was extremely lazy today and I wanted a lemon lime seltzer. Anyway, it's called coffee and comics uh, because we, we generally talk about one. I, I, I vote we change it to seltzer and stories. I think you've Ooh. proven that they, we are missing a market here with the seltzer talk. I, I will put it to a vote. Well, yeah, 20% more belching. <laughs> um, the, uh, because we talk about, generally we talk about one uh, sort of graphic novel or collection a piece, but I know that that's not what you're talking about tonight. And you know that that's not what I'm talking about tonight. <laughs> uh, we both picked sort of um, different stuff to talk about. So what are you talking about? What have you read for us this week? Well, uh, uh, sort of atypical for me, I have a single issue. And it is a Marvel single issue. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's not what I expected when you told no. me a single issue. And there's no way I'm, I'm not even going to tease it because there's no way I, you would ever guess what it is. Um, it's, a, it's a single Marvel issue from 2015. It is number two of the Ultimates uh, run from 2015. And it's number two. The uh, It's got Galactus on the cover in the Da Vinci um whatever that man i forget the the, the name of the, the the man drawing um uh you know yeah, you know the me- know you know i'm talking about that famous that. medical yeah. drawing <laughs> anyway it's got galactus on the cover uh and it's just issue number two it's not like it's subtitled anything as far as i can tell um the transported man yeah okay. yeah exactly no, that's not that's not it <laughs> no no um it does say on, on the on inside cover page um and that's not even a subtitle. So it doesn't really give you that. Uh, it's uh, by Al Ewing, Kenneth R- Rockefort. There we go. And Dan Brown. Probably so, not that Dan Brown. but um, So this is not the Ultimates 2 series. This is number two of the Ultimates? Yes. Okay. Uh, which is a series. And it's uh, on the Ultimates team. And this issue is um, Captain Marvel, Black Panther, I think Miss America, uh, Spectrum, and Blue Marvel, um, which I'm not that familiar with. Uh, I'm neither. assuming some. <laughs> What's that? Uh, me neither. Yeah, uh, it's just like it was Blue Marvel. That must be some deep cut sort of Miss Captain Marvel offshoot. Anyway, it's that team. It's sort of like a Space Avengers, you know, um, 
and you know they solve the really ridiculous, crazy problems. And in this particular one, I didn't read issue one. I, the only reason I know this issue exists and the reason I'm talking about it is because it's all about the Galactus origin story. Yeah. I had seen uh, io9 back in its better days when it actually did credible comics uh, coverage, unlike today. They had a wonderful wow. little preview of this. Yeah. <laughs> Charles Pullman. And, and <laughs> Um, they uh, they did a wonderful review of this issue, and I remember them calling out like, "This is uh, a Galactus origin story." And I remember thinking, "I don't know if I've ever even heard of his origin story," and that sounds really freaking compelling because I love Galactus as a character. It's like a really, I, for some reason, I've always ever since that Silver Surfer cartoon that aired on Fox in the nineties. Oh. Um, I just I, that was my introduction to Galactus, and I was always just like, "What a cool." interesting idea for a character so this origin story really intrigued me so i grabbed it digitally on comiXology and uh it's you know it's a quick little story but it picks up where apparently the ultimates are trying to deal with galactus in a, in a permanent way they know they can't destroy him um but it looks like they're trying to conduct some kind of grand experiment so they kind of split up into different factions um two of them go to grab this sort of box that we don't know about yet. Uh, it's a giant spaceship kind of thing. Um, one of them goes off to do something else. And then Black Panther goes uh, into this sort of mind time machine to view uh, the past, but then also transport himself across the galaxy to where Galactus actually is. So he gets a glimpse into Galactus. Is like, it, like his reality kind of deconstructs uh, T'Challa's and, and, and the process he sees the final moments of Galactus before he became Galactus. And he started off as a scientist at the end of the previous universe, um, which is basically contracting back into a single point. So it's everything's collapsing. There's this group of scientists that are still around. There's like seven or eight of them. And they're trying to survive you know, past the end of the universe. And their leader is a guy named Galen. And that guy uh, goes on to become Galactus. And I don't want to spoil the the how that happens or what goes on. There's a crucial, um, a crucial piece of that story ends up becoming uh, what, you know, the involved in the ultimate's plan to sort of deal with Galactus. And uh, you get to see at the end of the episode, the end of the episode, the end of the <laughs> issue, exactly what their, you know, their plan is executed and it succeeds. And you get to see what happens to Galactus when they kind of put all this together and use his past to, to deal with him it's kind mm. of super cool and if you if you read past that you'll know you'll know what that is because it does carry on for numerous issues um well past this series i even think i think it stayed in continuity in terms of how they handled him um but it's just like it's it's, it's kind of like a little mini story that you could really read start to finish as its own thing like you don't I never felt the need to know what issue one was or what you know the next eight issues are. It's you can almost look at this as like just a, a Galactus one shot even um, that just happens to have this collection of of Avenger style you know this Avenger style team sort of as the as the you know I, I don't even know if I'd call them the protagonists they're just sort of there you know they just kind of <laughs> keep, they just kind of move the story along almost like fairies from from uh, you know Shakespeare's time or something you know like there's you know fairy characters that kind of like give you the backbone of the story and that's kind of what the they're almost like a chorus like a greek chorus that's the better way to frame it the, mm. the ultimates are like the greek chorus of this whole thing which is crazy yeah i mean just hearing you describe it and when i looked up the cover to see um that that da vinci uh, transported man cover um i uh it looks like you know galactus is on maybe three of the first six covers and then 
uh, Thanos is on the next, like, like four of the next six and then Galactus mm-hmm. is on the very last one. So it, I mean, I guess it was, you know, I guess it, this is funny to just conjecture about a series that neither of us is really <laughs> read or connected to, but um, yeah, I guess it's all dealing with sort of major intergalactic uh, issues, you know? Yeah. And, and I might, you know, knowing that I might just peek at the other, the next couple issues, but if, if you're interested in Galactus in any way, definitely pick this up. It's, it's wonderful. You can grab it on digitally is probably the best way to do it. Um, at this juncture, it's it just, the colors really pop wonderfully on a screen. Um, and the, you know, the flow is more cinematic if you do it this way and, and you keep yourself from being spoiled. There's some, you know, I would imagine if you had this, uh, in a traditional book, um, you know, you flip a page, you might see things that you shouldn't see until that exact panel comes up. So you may want to, oh, okay. you may want to use comicsology uh, view or that any, any app that has like kind of the, the view flow. Was it um, on uh, comicsology unlimited? It might be. I okay. bought it when it, cause I bought it the week it came out. Oh, gotcha. Um, okay. I had seen this sort of the preview for it and I was like, Oh, I need this. So it definitely grabbed it then, but it I'm sure, I mean, the ultimate's probably, it seems like that's one of those things that would be easily available on unlimited well have you followed anything that that writer and artist have done before or since no i mean if i have i didn't know it i haven't really i didn't really pursue i have this weird thing when if it's a big two title unless it's like you know you know one of the marquee titles like dark knight returns or killing joker you know something like that i really don't pay much attention to the team but if it's if it's an image title or a boom title, like I, that's one of the first things I look at. I was like, well, who did it? Who's involved? I don't know why I can't do that because it's just as legitimate on the well, big two, but I just don't have the same sort of, I'm just, yeah. I just want to burn through the story and be done, you know? Yeah. I mean, um, it's interesting because uh, it looks like it was a 12 issue series and the first mm-hmm. six take place before civil war two. And then the next six mm-hmm. tie in. Okay. But it, it, you know, I'm, I'm intrigued now because it seems like, well, that breaks down into re- two really tidy trade paperbacks. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if they sort of, you know, and it's the same team throughout. So mm-hmm. I, I wonder, uh, I, I just kind of wonder about a few of those like tie-ins and stuff um, or how they, how they led into Civil War II, uh, which was a, a thing I couldn't get into at all. Um, but <laughs> I have a but really I mean, cool poster for Civil War II that you've seen, but that's, that's. Oh my, yeah, yeah. It my is only very, knowledge of it. Um, yeah. I mean, and the art, the art that I'm seeing looks great oh uh, it's fantastic it's i yeah. mean it's really vivid like i said having it on a screen um there's a lot of cosmic kind of power that is amplified when it's you know there's a you know, panel yeah. of light behind it that's kind of fun so yeah really great great format for it i mean it's as far as big two art goes you know it's you can't get any better than this a lot of really cinematic um st- you know uh, points of view and camera angles and everything um the one thing that it did make, and you know, kind of revisiting it for this episode, because I'm like, oh, I would, I wanted to reread it, because um, I wanted to to feature it on this episode, but I also just, I hadn't, I hadn't consumed it for a while. I'm way more amped up for Galactus to be the next mm. um, big arc for whatever the Marvel universe becomes, the MCU becomes uh, post Infinity War. Like I'd really like, I just, just that threat. Especially because it's like you, you you get Thanos and you're like you know how do you get any bigger than that? And the idea of this monolithic force of nature that's you know it's it's trying to destroy him is like saying I'm going to destroy the sun. It's like well how do you where do you even start? You well, know I got a I got a crazy question. Does Marvel own him? I would I mean once now that once the Fox Disney deal is ah, is approved he was, in, he was in they, Sony though is no because he well I mean if we think. 
because it was wasn't it Sony that had the Fantastic Four? No, it was Fox. Fox oh, it was. Oh, yeah. Yeah, why, yeah. Why didn't they ever cross those two over? Man. Well, Galactus appeared at the end of the second movie in that weird smoke monster form. Yeah, yeah. I'm just so wondering why the X-Men never met the Fantastic Four. Because like, uh, just, the universes were so different tonally. Man, it just the studio been... that killed Wolverine. Yeah. <laughs> But it's like, but think about it. At that juncture, this was what, 2005, 2006? Uh, you're right. Nobody had even begun to think about this whole idea of a shared universe, even though it's obvious. It's like nobody was even, it was never that gutsy. And then it took two years later for Iron Man to be like, oh, no, this will all be connected from day one to really make everybody go, oh, it, you can do this. Yeah. Like Kevin Smith is probably the only guy who to connect a universe of movies prior to that. <laughs> I think, um, well, I mean, if, you know, if, if, uh, the red apple conspiracies are to be believed, all Tarantino movies happen in the same universe. <laughs> wait, uh, wait, whoa, 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 What red, how does red app, what is that term? Well, the red apple cigarettes are in every movie that he's ever made. And there's always really references in between them. Yeah. Oh my God. I didn't know that. I mean, oh, you've got a rabbit hole to fall down. It would be oh. awesome to think that, um, Kill Bill happens in the same like her in her history. Hitler died in Inglorious Bastards in the way that he yeah. did. Like that would be, God, it's that'd nuts. be fun to think about. All right, anyway, continue. what what is your pick, good sir? Oh, well, um, well, I'll tell you. I, 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 first of all, I think it's hilarious that you picked a single issue because a few episodes ago we said, you know, we're not really going to have like normal episodes anymore. And I felt like when you said that, I was like, oh, especially when it's a number two, not even like a number one of a <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I went, oh, the gloves are off. Like the rules are <laughs> out the window now. We can just, I can just pick whatever I want. I mean, I, I only learned about you picking a number two just now, but um, I had already run this past you like, hey, is it okay if I talk about a novel and not <laughs> that's not graphic at all? Mm -hmm. um, so that's what I picked. I uh, last week um, went on a little mini vacation. And uh, one of the things that I do on vacation is read books like crazy so i read two novels um over three days and uh this first one i i, I consumed all in one maybe not one sitting but on, on in one day on two different planes um it is called the last policeman by uh ben h winters uh, and it is the first part of a trilogy which i did not know when i picked it up but did know before i read it um and I read it with that feeling of like this funny feeling of, oh, man, am I going to get sucked into a trilogy here? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, like I sort of didn't, you know, it's almost like I'm kind of avoiding. I don't know. I just didn't know what to expect. Like, I, I don't know that I'm up for three books on this. But um, it is a detective novel, um, which may seem strange to pick for this show. Um, but uh, and it takes place in a small town, Concord, New Hampshire. Um it concerns this guy named Hank Palace. He is a brand new detective. Like he's only been on the force for 16 months. The Hank Palace. Uh, how long did it take for them to come up with that name? That is such a <laughs> great detective, like on you know, on the door in classic typeface name, like Hank Palace Detective yeah, yeah. Agency. Oh, I, I should clarify. He is a police detective. Oh, police he, detective. Okay. Is the last policeman. So, um, oh, of course. But, but he has been uh, promoted very suddenly from just joining the force 
to all of a sudden becoming a detective. So he's young. He's read this, this, you know, I mean, he's probably read a lot of things, but he refers constantly to this one textbook that sort of how he, you know, when he approaches a, a crime scene, he divides it into quadrants and then he goes, you know, he combs through each quadrant and he, whatever. And it's like, he refers back to the book that taught him how to do that. Um, but uh, the twist here is that uh, it takes place in, um, I, I guess actually it takes place in, early uh, 2012 in our current world and everything. Um, but in spring of 2011, uh, astronomers noticed a pretty big asteroid headed towards earth. And with every sort of passing month, they have, you know, renewed, like change, you know, they've taken in new calculations and they've factored in new probabilities and et cetera. And at this point, the thing is going to hit earth. There is a 100% chance they just haven't announced where they haven't triangulated that yet. Mm. And it is so big that it is going to change the planet fundamentally. <laughs> and this is all in 2012. Yeah. So there, there is a, um, uh, so, you know, Hank goes out on a call um, and there's a dead man in a McDonald's, but McDonald's is out of business because <laughs> everything crashed once they announced that there was a 100% chance that this asteroid was going to hit the earth. So McDon all the McDonald's just turned into sort of home businesses. Um, so oh, they weird. still <laughs> McDonald's out front, but it's not actually a McDonald's. They just serve whatever they want. It's just kind of a diner. That says oh, McDonald's. wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Same thing happened to 7-Eleven and Dunkin' Donuts and Starbucks and, uh, Panera is still around, but some, <laughs> of course it is. Like real, uh, like religious um, uh, rebirth has happened to their owners. So um, yeah, so it's like you can't go in there without being proselytized to. Oh wow! Yeah. See, which is it's it's almost like I know. <laughs> it's almost like you are improving something, knowing my because like, I love Panera. Like I go there all the damn time, but it's like that makes. <laughs> That makes the most like that makes perfect sense. Of course, that would happen. Like, yeah. Oh, Jesus. Okay. So Panera is a cult. Wow. Um, and you know, McDonald's and Dunkin' Donuts are all just free for alls. Um, they're they're like so. There are all these. Uh, I like how uh, I didn't think of this term until I I saw it in the summary. Uh, Pre-apocalyptic things happening, which is like a really great twist. You know, mm -hmm. things are. It's it's not the like we see a lot of post-apocalyptic stuff or you know the 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 apocalypse kind of stuff like a zombie and you know uprising or something but this yeah. is this is a, you know there's a lot of pretty realistic stuff about like you know cell phones failing because a tower you know towers will just be like in disrepair and so there there's just terrible signals all over the country because you're hopping cell to cell all the time mm -hmm. so if you know one tower goes out and or, or you know it's just sort of underserved and one area like you just lose it you know so some days you can make phone calls some days you can't like changes from hour to hour um so there's this real uh i i believe the author calls it like an existential detective uh story which is why even bother trying to solve a crime when an asteroid is literally going to wipe out life in six months you know mm -hmm. um but it also changes the stakes for everyone involved in this because they, they can go to uh, sources or, you know, uh, you know, uh, snitches or whatever, you know, people, people, they can, they can hold crimes over. Like, for example, he holds sort of a, a bust over a drug dealer. He doesn't bust him, but he knows he can. 
And the drug dealer knows this guy can just if this guy just sends me to jail, it'll be six months before I have a trial and the world will end. Mm. So I don't you know, I will do whatever he wants not to go to jail. Mm -hmm. Um, But there are also all these uh, crazy happenings like uh, the police force is just decimated. There's like five uh, detectives left. And um, that's because a bunch of the old timers, they just call them bucket listers. And they just (laughs) withdraw their pension and they just go to an island or they go to the Alps or they go to Italy to learn how to paint or whatever. You know, there's just like live out your life. You're done. Um, And there are also, you know, just a ton of suicides. And that's where this turns out like and Hank explains, you know, different towns have sort of different uh, events, you know, like one town will have a, a famous bridge where everybody jumps off. But in Concord, New Hampshire, it's hangar town. And they mm. all hang themselves. Oh, geez. And one uh, popular way of doing that is to put a belt around their neck, you know, tie the belt off to uh, some object on the wall or something and just lean into it and let your body do the work. So that's how they find this body in McDonald's is with a belt around his neck. So, of course, the and, you know, he being a young cop, he calls in the, the DA uh, and the DA is, you know, just unconvinced that this is foul play you know it's it's obvious it's a hanger we got another hanger but hank is really persistent because he thinks it's odd that this guy has hung himself with a really expensive belt while he's still wearing a really cheap belt (laughs) Mm. and there are a lot of other tells you know so he begins uh investigating this crime and there are just all sorts of uh, you know like any good detective novel like great twists and and money involved and you know a whole like uh there's a great sort of riff on that like you know qui bono kind of who's benefiting from this death and and trying to run down that it turns out this guy was an uh an actuary with an insurance and company uh, insurance company and insurance has changed completely of course yeah you know um there so there's a big deal where they're just uh i believe i have this right where they uh are just every claim that comes in they say like yeah yeah we'll have to investigate that you know, because they're just dragging their feet. They don't want to do any payouts because they know like everything pays out (laughs) The end of the world is here. So, um, yeah, it is, uh, it's great. And it's, it's great also in that, that way of where like any good detective novel, not a lot of shots are fired. You know, the tension is just in people like brandishing a weapon or something. And you're like, Oh shit. You know, like this is some real danger. Um, and all the while, there it just has that crazy background story of this asteroid headed to Earth. Um, his uh, his sister is involved with like this sort of crazy lunatic who's sort of in a well, he's in a conspiracy group basically about you know who thinks that the government has planned for this whole eventuality and built cities on the moon. Oh god! And so he goes like invading this you know on a, a four wheeler like ATV goes and. Uh, uh, just sort of single-handedly runs onto this military base to try to get some answer answers. And, you know, so Hank's sister calls him to go check him out at the military base and, you know, like see what he can do to get, get him free. And, um, you know, like any other, like good detective novel, it also like, it's the feeling of like in a week's time, this detective gets more and more haggard with the job, you know, like so much <laughs> shit happens to this guy. <laughs> um, and, I was I was really uh, I was really drawn in by there are a lot of ways that it tries to break those tropes. You know, it's he's not a super experienced jaded detective. 
he's like a literal by the book noob on the job, you know? Uh, and when they'll sort of pull in his background story, you, you know, it's like, I thought that the, the, him being a, a newbie on the job was a, a great break with detective tradition. You know, I, I, um, he, he wasn't the, um, you know, he wasn't the hothead like, uh, Mel Gibson and he's not the, the old guy who's told for the shit like Danny Glover, you know, it's, Is he, but, but does he talk about him as, if he's that new, You'd think that, like, you know, he would have probably enlisted or joined when he, you know, when the news came out about the asteroid. So it's like, does he talk about his? No, no, because he, he I... before that. So it's been only it's less than a year, I think, when the novel picks up since they've found the asteroid. But like, even even so, does he talk about like, you know, wh- what is his commute commitment to you know justice and all this stuff when knowing that the end is so close? Does he talk about like why he's even doing this work at this he, juncture? No. He sees it as, um, and in fact, he like answers that to people. He's like, look, the asteroid's coming. We're all going to die. It doesn't matter. We do our jobs. Like he just sees it as this is just how it works. You know, like we can obsess about this and do nothing or we can just do, do our jobs. And that's kind of what puts meaning in their lives. You know, that's, I think that's the way he would, he would say it. Like there's, for example, there's another detective who, you know, in one scene, he's just caught up in watching videos of this like conspiracy theory where there's a little glitch in the astronomer's video when they gave this presentation and it makes it look like maybe they cut part of it out. And, you know, all these uh, online uh, conspiracists are, are wondering what happened in that little glitch in the video. And and this detective just keeps watching it over and over and over. And Hank is just he just doesn't understand this attitude. He's like, you're just trapped. You're lost in this thing, you know. Um, that, that guy has no, you know, he's like already, he's so depressed and, and anxious that he's lost all meaning in his life. And Hank sees nothing, no other choice, but to sort of soldier on and, and do his job. Plus he's waited all his life to be a detective. Basically. I mean, you do get backstory mm. on, on his parents' deaths that inspired him, um, you know, to, to this point in his life. And, and, uh, I hope this, it doesn't spoil anything. I don't think so, but there's, there's one of the detectives, you know, on the force who has been kind to him during, uh, the investigation into one of his parents' deaths. And so you learn that like, Oh, there was a connection to the police force. And, you know, he, from a young age, he was really pursuing this. Um, so I think to him, it's sort of like, yeah, he's a detective at the end of times, but that was, um, you know, that's, that was the trajectory he was always taking. So, uh, yeah, it, (laughs) I see why you picked this though. Cause this could easily be an image graphic novel easily. Like this just has all the hallmarks of some of those great indie stories that I've taken to and you've reviewed, you know, from time to time too. So it kind of very much a stylistic fit, I think, into what the kinds of things we, we talk about here. Yeah. So it is, and it was published by quirk books, which I've mentioned before because I've um, uh, when I talk about the author Sam Mags, uh, she publishes through Quirk Books, and boy, did I just blank out on everybody else I know on Quirk Books. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like wow. others, Hope Nicholson is on Quirk Books, and I follow several of their like editors and stuff on Twitter, and so uh, I, I think I picked this up before I even knew that it was on Quirk Books, and that you know that I like it was kind of the first thing I got from them and then ended up going, Oh wow. This, this, I like this publisher. Um, but it, it definitely fits into that sort of, uh, 
I want I want to say they did like Pride and Prejudice and Zombies, but I'm not totally uh, sure. Okay. But that sort of feeling of like, uh, you know, a, 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 I don't know, a, a pop culture, um, you know, mashup with a genre. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think I, you know, I know at one point when I was prepping for the episode and I Googled Last Policeman, I'd seen something about a film. But when I uh, pulled up that Google search, I see from two years ago, a news story that says NBC um, gives a, a pilot commitment to it. So I don't really know if it's being developed as a TV show uh, because it is a trilogy. So I can imagine that they could get a few seasons out of this. Do you really think NBC is going to do that any justice though? It, no, it doesn't belong there. And I don't oh. I honestly like uh, the, you know, the TikTok of the detective novel works, but I don't know that that's going to work in a series like with yeah. the, with an asteroid on the way, you know, in a movie, it might be great. Um, but I, uh, you know, my, my friend Boris had had read this recently and recommended it to me. And I said, oh, that's been sitting on my Kindle for a couple of years. And, and um, yeah, just that was that was the winner when I got on the plane last week. Nice. Uh, and I'll say that, it, you know, just to do a plug for another book, it was um, a little bit reminiscent of this uh, this book called uh, The Yiddish Policeman's Union by Michael Chabon, mm. um, which takes place in, uh, in an alternate history where the state of Israel was not created after World War II. What? But instead, um, uh, the, uh, you know, um, I, I believe it was open to uh, people of Jewish heritage from all over the world were given a lease on a bit of land in Sitka, Alaska. Oh, my God. <laughs> the Yiddish police union, um, so it takes place in Sitka, where he is investigating um, I guess the murder. Um, in the last days before that lease uh, uh, just dissolves. So it's basically like when when Hong Kong was returned to China after their lease was up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's sort of what's happening in Alaska. And, okay. uh, and the Jewish population there is having to decide whether to leave or not. Um, the stakes weren't quite as high. They were just a lot weirder almost in the Yiddish Policeman's Union. But... Um, and the Yiddish Policeman's Union is more like literary take, I would say, on that. It was a little surprising to read such a, um, I don't know, I, Michael Shabon's he's hes pretty much a nerd. Um, but anyway, that's uh, Last last Policeman, I, I would highly recommend. I don't know what I'm going to do about the second book, because mm-hmm. like all good trilogies, it ends with, you know, some hints of what could come. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm sort of torn. Like, well, <laughs> you know, if I do the second one, I got to do the third one. <laughs> How so much that, do the uh, conspiracy theorists, crazy people, play into it? Are they more just uh, st- setting and decoration, or do they actually have meaningful story engagement? It's setting and decoration. I, actually, that's a great point to bring up. Uh, and not, you know, without giving anything away, that's one of those hints that makes you think. Oh, the second book might be heavily <laughs> oh. into that world, and and yeah, and some uh, some stuff happens that like just definitely changes the um, the landscape of like you know the the relationships of people by the end of the book. So I don't, you know, I don't want to give any details on that. I think knowing that like an asteroid's hitting in six months, and you got this young detective trying to solve a murder, it that's. <laughs> 
you know, starting point enough to just like decide yeah. whether you want to pick this up and read it or not. I, you know, I almost wish that they had smashed a few more um, detective novel tropes with it. Uh, uh, I, because it, it just didn't go as far as it could have with him, mm-hmm. you know, I think, and it's not that it needed any more of those sort of uh, side issues or, or, you know, or, set decoration or, or, or whatever we want to call it, but you know, more conflict from little background details, mm-hmm. but just, um, you know, I, it just like, it, you know, it could have been, it could have been a woman, especially a young woman in this boys club of these like old detectives, uh, it, anything like that would have mm-hmm. really, you know, like the, the, the one detective who, who goes kind of nuts watching the conspiracy videos and stuff is uh is they sort of refer to him as like the i think the joke is that he's the he's the only black guy in concord new hampshire he's actually just <laughs> the only black man on the force uh-huh. uh there's another interesting part of the force which is because so many people have just bailed they're just recruiting these uh, like young men that hank calls the buzz cuts and it's basically just men that just want to beat the shit out of people Oh, so there's geez. all these weird little like details oh, about this pre-apocalyptic God. world where, you know, it's like he's he's driving down the street and he sees a cop um, on patrol with his machine gun resting against his hip. And you're like, wait, what? Wow. <laughs> you know, like you'll just sort of read that and you're like, well, actually, of course. And they're, you know, so you, you're they're getting to that point and they arrive at it by the end of the novel, which is um, they're not trying to solve crimes. They're just trying to keep order, you know. Um, I just it, and not he, even order, but just stop, you know, chaos. I like what you said, though. I mean, I'll I'll definitely probably pick it up at some point. I do like what you said, though, about wishing it could have subverted more of those detective tropes. Because as you were sort of giving some variations on what that could be, I was reminded of a couple of really good Black Mirror episodes where they do just that. Because Black Mirror always seems to have kind of a one of the off things about it or the sort of the uncomfortable feelings you get from watching those episodes is not only the twist, but just sort of the way they subvert a lot of those tropes right, across right. different sci-fi stories. And what you sort of described, I'm like, yeah, that would, that would feel really sort of, it, it would, it would kind of trip you up just enough so that yeah. everything kind of had an unsettled feel to it. You know, just well, they, you know, so they break that trope of having like this fresh young detective and he doesn't have a partner basically. Like he has to mm. interact with other detectives, but yeah, they're but all running their own cases. I but mean, then, but then Blade they don't, that. right. But then they don't break the trope of having the old guys constantly criticize him and not believe him. Yeah. You know, which would have been like a little bit more interesting. Like, well, what if, you know, uh, they, I, I don't know. There is actually a, a great camaraderie that you sense there. Like, I really got a feeling for the characters of these detectives, but how much different would it have been if it had been a woman suddenly promoted to this position or a person of color? And it's like, Oh, now we've now there's like this additional mix into it, and you're not you know it did that thing that you worry about in de- in detective stories where and any kind of mystery where you're you're sort of jumping ahead in your mind you know so when there's like a woman is introduced you're like oh wait is this could be a love interest you know uh, or there's like uh-huh. a mysterious other man introduced and you're like oh yeah I I'm gonna watch out for him you know it's so you're still doing that and I'm sure that the author to some extent wanted to do those things to give you a bunch of, you know, red herrings like in the detective tradition, but also to throw you off and make you wonder where he's going to, uh, um, you know, disconnect from the normal 
detective tropes. But I just, you know, I just, it could have been like, it could have almost pushed that like a little bit farther with the, you know, with some of the just (laughs) genders and ethnicities of these people. You know, I mean, you just get the feeling that it's like, oh, it's white Concord, New Hampshire. And, you know, we're just watching a detective novel with this plot sometimes. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, it could have, it could have been a little, I love the idea that you pulled up Black Mirror because yeah, it's like Black Mirror will do, will subvert a trope and then they'll just twist it a little bit and you're like, oh, what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, Last Policeman by Ben Winters. Rock on. Well, if, <laughs> if you uh, liked that review and uh, ones like it, you can find more at, uh, uh, by searching coffee and comics it, wherever you can get podcasts uh, go to our website findusthere.org and also just look us up uh, it, via coffee and comics club on twitter instagram hashtags all that good stuff i am by taylor trask on twitter i am uh hey todd a on twitter and instagram excellent and uh yeah that's been great i think we'll be back again next week i've got a really good pick for next week so I uh, can't wait to get into that one. It's going to be, I'll give you a teaser. It's going to be a multimedia pick. So oh, still man. very much a graphic novel, but one with a very interesting, intentional sort of hybrid thing going on with it. I, I was worried that my, you know, I knew with Last Policeman that I really didn't want to talk about details be- because I didn't want to give any of the detective stuff away. But it's you know obviously the details are the things that keep your head turning and like pages turning uh but i'll tell you my pick for next week (laughs) is another novel in which i can give a lot more details um and it's a very different story and i'm i'm excited to talk about it (laughs) excellent oh cool until then yeah until next time